back to Writers' Festival Radio. My name is Sean Wilson. I'm the Artistic Director of the Ottawa International Writers' Festival, and I'm broadcasting from the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe. It gives me great pleasure to welcome you to Season 3 of the podcast. I can't tell you how grateful I am that you're listening, how grateful I am for the fact that we've been able to continue to celebrate and support great writing and serve our wonderful community of readers and creators. It's been strange settling into this endless rhythm where so much is on hold. Strange not seeing friends and family. Strange not gathering at the festival, browsing the bookstore. Strange not hugging old friends when you meet by chance. And it's been strange reading the news and realizing we're essentially living in that info dump moment at the start of a post-apocalyptic story where there are fires and floods and famines and billionaires launching themselves into orbit while a pandemic rages the coral is bleached, forests ablaze, pipelines leaking, psychotic fascists insisting their ignorance and cruelty and avarice matter more than neighbors, more than children, more than grandparents. Add in the strange disconnect of Olympic flag-waving and its blend of amateur sport and easy nationalism and corporate sponsorship, and I guess it's hard sometimes to see a space for optimism, and yet here we are, my words, translated into a binary of ones and zeros, saved to a digital file, launched into the ether, and now my voice is in your ears. And it is a kind of connection, a kind of gathering, not the same as being together, but still a kind of community, even if only in spirit. And where there is optimism to be found, I know that I'm finding it in the pages of the books we'll be celebrating over the next few months. I'm finding it in the intimacy of conversations like the ones we're about to hear conversation between two gifted poets about the gap between truth and reconciliation, about why art matters, where it comes from, how it works. Our official bookseller is Perfect Books, and wherever you are right now, there's an independent bookseller nearby who would be more than happy to sell you some great books. Now, let's turn things over to David O'Mara, poet, playwright, curator, and collaborator extraordinaire, who will introduce us to Jordan Abel and his amazing book, Nishka. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to the Ottawa International Writers Festival uh, podcast. I'm excited and honored to be talking with Jordan Abel today about his new book, Nishka. Uh, Jordan is the author of three highly inventive and exceptional works of poetry, from The Place of Scraps. Uh, to Uninhabited, his second book, to his most recent collection, Injun, uh, which was the winner of the Griffin Trust Poetry Prize. Abel's work is published and anthologized widely, while his visual poetry has been included in exhibitions at the Polygon Gallery, the Unit Pitt Gallery, and the Oslo Pilot Project Room in Norway. Abel currently works as an assistant professor in the Department of English and Film Studies at the University of Alberta, where he teaches Indigenous literatures and creative writing. His new book, Nishka, a hybrid work of interviews, talks, concrete poems, visual art, memoir, and archival materials, wrestles with important questions about the legacy of the residential schools, what it means to be an intergenerational survivor of those schools, Indigenous identity, and in particular, urban indigeneity. It's an important, timely book, also a deeply personal work, but in its questions, observations, and doubts, Nishka also explores a wider breadth of examination into identity. So Jordan, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for for having me here, David. 
so glad to have this opportunity to talk to you about this really beautiful, wonderfully written book. I thought we could find a way into it um, sure. by asking you how it started. You, you refer to the painful subject matter of the book, the need to gather up the courage to write it on the very first page. And later in the text, you offer an account of where the book began with a course at Simon Fraser University. And there's also the, your encounter with Marius Barbeau's writing. So did I, I'm wondering, did the, the book begin in several ways? Is it, is it difficult to pinpoint where exactly? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty accurate. You know, it, this is uh, this is a book that has multiple, you know, point points of of origin. Um, you know, and I, I think uh, the that course at SFU that you mentioned, you know, was was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but it's it's also you know a, a book that's a lifelong project in many ways. Um, so, you know, some of those, some of those points of origin, you know, are, are, you know, ancient <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, you know, uh, like there's, there's a, there's a section really early on in the book, um, you know, where I, I start asking all of these questions about, you know, what it means to be indigenous, but to be severed from the lands, you know, what it means to be an intergenerational survivor of residential schools and, you know, and and I also suggest that you know those are questions that I've been you know th thinking thinking about you know or you know trying to articulate for most yeah. of my life. And I I think for me you know those questions are also an origin points, and that you know this work really kind of uh, snowballed out of those out of those questions in addition to those those other points of origin. Yeah, they're 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 very connected too to your previous books of poetry, you know, I feel Nishka arises from them. They're kind of a culmination. They certainly are wrestling with similar questions. Um, they, certainly Nishka offers further context to your previous work. So do you feel like they're all kind of tied together uh, around kind of essential concern? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I think part of that is, you know, Nishka includes several artist talks um, that I've given over the past few years. And, and and in those talks, you know, I, I, I talk about my previous work. So in, in some ways, you know, like, you know, my work is is literally, my previous work is literally included, you know, in, in Nishka. Um, but I but I think, you know, the the themes and the and the trajectories, you know, from from my from my previous work, you know, are are definitely present still in Nishka. And and there's still trajectories that I'm 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 think thinking thinking towards and, and vectors I'm I'm thinking along, um, hmm. so you know it's it's very much like a a reflection on those previous projects, but also a continuation in some ways, um, and it's also you know a f forward looking at a certain point where I talk right. about. Uh, subsequent projects that haven't haven't come out yet <laughs> right yeah so do you kind of feel like it's a it's it's kind of a, a i don't know a culmination of those books but also a stepping off point into future work like it's kind of a it's developed into kind of a pivot around the past and future work yeah i think that i think that's a good way to describe it you know it's it's recognizing previous work and also pointing towards future work um 
so it you know maybe in, in, in some ways i guess it's like a kind of like a, a snapshot of 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 everything that i do um both past past and, and, and future right well th that brings up like I, I i found it really interesting at one point you discussed um i think it was stephen collis's term for you know points of intersection um uh in your erasures as a kind of a hinge page and i couldn't help thinking about that idea in this book too how you know there's a number of uh pieces in it like there's these double exposed photographs or um uh when the shape of an illustration dictates what text you're using in empty spaces that project um this idea of intersection of a, of a hinge where the, the parts are connected to allow something to to open up seems central to your exploration of the contradiction and irony um like you it, it seems a strength of the hybrid form do you do you think that's true yeah that's um you know it's funny i i think about that hinge all the time mm. um you know since uh since steve collis you know uh mentioned it you know and it's, it's been a thing that's like been been ling lingering for me um but I, I hadn't actually thought about the double exposed photographs as as having a hinge but i think that they do you know in that like there's there's a there's a connect connecting point between two images you know that kind of overlap imperfectly um and and there are other you know there are other hinges in the book too um and you know perhaps perhaps you've noticed you know more than you know more than i have <laughs> um but i like i'm thinking uh like there's a there's like a section um pretty late in the book uh that's composed entirely of images and there's there's a there's a transition point you know in that sequence that very much feels like a hinge to me um mm. and you know i i think that it's it's quite possible that that is a uh a re recurring mechanic you know that that it uh appears throughout uh throughout my previous work as well um i'm even thinking even thinking now you know that moments in engine where like the text becomes inverted you know yeah. is also is also you know potentially a kind of hinge uh you know although you know maybe um imagines in a in a slightly different way yeah well i mean i'm thinking also in, in engine where certain words are highlighted in bold and i i feel like even with the double exposed stuff you know yeah as you're saying like there's sort of two realities being represented they're overlapping and then the kind of meaning comes out in the in the boldness you know that it's it's sort of highlighted and i sure. i find that i find that tension in paragraph para um paradox really uh entrancing do 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 you i mean it, it, it's always seems to be like yeah you're all I, I know when i was looking through the photos you know you're you're as a as a person you're trying to like figure out what's going on in there where where the realities uh you know by themselves and why and why they're meeting and so i i saw that kind of as a as a hinge aspect um your father's art seems to 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 represent um both kind of a connection and disconnection 
um, and his figure, his drawings figure prominently in the book. What did they mean to you? What 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 did you uh, draw from bringing those into the to to the to Nishka? Yeah, you know, I, so you know the way I would, you know, the way I've been thinking about it, um, is that I. I it originally imagines, you know, this book is being one that was, you know, maybe more more textual or or prose mm-hmm. oriented than my previous books. Okay. Um, you know, because I was thinking about like, you know, as I, I was thinking about these like weighty concepts that I wanted to write about, um, you know, that was you know, that's like mostly you know the the legacy of indian residential schools in canada and you know this um position of being an intergenerational survivor from those schools and and what it means to exist in the wake of that violence um and you know i i kind of originally imagined you know writing that you know mostly through mostly you know in kind of like essay essay form um or you know uh at least like more like i said prose oriented creative nonfiction. uh and as i was as i began the process of 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 going through uh my the archives that i had access to um you know i ended up you know you know i ended up finding all of these documents um including documents you know uh you know, that my my mom had saved, you know, a, a, a number of which, you know, were transcribed and included in the book. Uh, but then there was also all of these uh, photographs of of my dad and my mom, and and photographs of my dad's art. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, my my dad's art uh, has has you know held like this really you know like interesting and difficult place in my life, you know. Um, because it's it's art that I've I've seen and I've lived with you know for all of my life and it's 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 really bizarre experience to you know see this like you know beautiful painting you know uh, of a frog for example you know that that you know my my dad had 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 painted yeah. you know but to not know him or not know this like you know not know you know, the reasons why he painted it or what he was thinking, you know, when he was doing so, or, you know, how he was, uh, you know, how he was thinking through um, traditional Niska painting techniques and, and whatnot, or, or, you know, what, like the, what the, I, I, I guess, like, you know what the specific knowledges he was commenting on right. you know through those paintings um and so you know not having access to any of that you know those those shapes of the of my dad's art you know have really uh you know made quite a lasting impression on me you know but but you know i, I use the word shapes there in part because you know, I only have partial access to what these images are. And, you know, I think, you know, that was like that, like the, sh- the shape of my dad's art, you know, is, is a thing that, you know, I've, 
I've thought about for forever. So, you know, going going into this project and, and thinking about, you know, my relationship to my dad and, you know, the 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 way, you know, the book, you know, uh, or the way I position him and my grandparents, you know, in the book mm-hmm. uh, in relation to that wake of violence, like it, it really kind of made me feel like I needed to address the the layer um, of, of my dad as an artist. Like I needed to, to talk about find a way to talk about that find needed to find a way to to you know attempt to bring as much of his humanity into this as as I could um, right. and I think that was I think that was a way in you know for me um to 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 think of think through the shapes of his art and you know, to put his art in conversation with with my art. Um, and I talk about this really, I, th- I think, pretty late in the book, you know, uh, about this, I, about this project of, you know, putting our, our work in conversation um, and, and in dialogue um, when we weren't, you know, in dialogue throughout our lives. Uh, and and that that's you know this kind of like significant moment for me and a moment of intergenerational collaboration, um, and I think it's one that you know I I, I still I'm, I'm still thinking about you know like I yeah. think this initial um, you know move towards thinking about my dad's arts um, is not necessarily complete you know like there's several like there's you know many many pieces in here um in this book you know but it it, but you know i think that's not all of it necessarily and you know that's a uh trajectory that that may continue at some points and when when you say that um it's his art is not something that you've been able to access uh, completely do you mean on a like a psychological emotional level um like do you have access to most of what he he created um maybe oh. you can elaborate on that. <laughs> yeah totally totally i i did i did mean uh the the psychological yeah. emotional level but now that you now that you asked that question though um i also you know if i can add in a meaning there <laughs> yeah you know i'd also say like you know, there were many physical pieces that he created that were never reproduced that got right. sold kind of all over. Um, and every now and then, you know, I'll encounter one on the internet, like somebody will email me and say, like, you know, is this one of your dad's pieces? And they'll send me a picture and, you know, it, it will be, it'll have, you know, Lawrence Wilson's name on it and it will be a piece I've never seen before. Right. Uh, so, you know, I would, I would say there, uh, you know, I only have access to a small, probably, you know, a very small number of the pieces that he actually made. And, and by that, I, I just mean like, li- like literal access. Like I, yeah. I only have, you know, I only have images of so many paintings he did, you know, I only have like a handful of, of, um, you know, f- like physical, uh, 
pieces that he ma- that he made in in my house um and my understanding is that you know he made h- hundreds of paintings you know you know many many carvings all kinds of stuff that's just floating out there in the ether somewhere yeah and i mean you and strangely you would encounter uh some of our strange places like on business cards or uh uh, as a logo for, um, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. You know, that was, so yeah, that logo. So um, for, I, I guess for those of you who might be listening to this, who haven't read the book, mm. uh, there's this, there's this moment um, in Nishka where I, uh, I, I, I talk about encountering uh, my dad's artwork uh, as the as the logo for the uh, Vancouver Aboriginal and Child and Family Services, um, and it's it's a really beautiful piece. And I include it uh, I include it somewhere in the book. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, on sure. somewhere somewhere in the beginning, um, and that like you know that was like this really bizarre experience you know for me where as like a writer. You know, this thing happened where I, you know, encountered encountered my dad's art in this in this really kind of like alarming, um, and unexpected way, and you know, and then you know, subsequently had this like kind of like this other this this in- encounter with uh, with some some folks who who worked for the Vancouver Aboriginal Child and Family Services Society. Um, and like that was one of those moments that I, I just had, I had no idea what to do with, and I, <laughs> I felt like I really needed to like write about it at some point. But you know, like at the moment of it, like the the moment that it happens, you know, I had, like, I I had you know, no idea what to do with it. <laughs> um, but I just you know thought about it forever, and then you know when when I started writing this project, I was like, oh yeah, of course I have to, I have to write about this moment here in, in, in Nishka because it, it fits so, so beautifully. Um, and, you know, re- reveals all of these, all of these additional layers that, you know, uh, might not be present otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's several central ironies, uh, to the book that that's one of them like you're 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 trying to reconnect the niska community and you know another is is how you um connected through marius barbeau's research in book totem poles with you know the irony um that you outline as being the first exposure to real stories of, of niska people um even an imperfect as you say colonial representation representation of niska knowledge um and I, you know, it's the, it's, 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 there's, there's a powerful sense of your sense of bafflement. You, you talk about, you don't know how you, you could have responded um, to seeing a logo. And, and um, I think that's such an honest, brave thing to just admit you, you were confused and that you needed to talk through it, which seems to me a lot of what this book is about. <laughs> Would you think? Totally, totally. Yeah, just as you're saying that, it was like, yeah, you know, I think that I think that reaction is like, you know, pretty om- omnipresent in this book. 
of of me just being confused and like <laughs> you know not quite sure how to handle things but you know i do think i do think it's it's honest you know like i i, I absolutely yeah I, I think i really you know tried to be as as open as i could about you know how some of these things went down and how i responded to them and how i continue to think about them and, re and reflect on them and you know i think there's yeah it, 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 it turns out there's been you know so many moments of of just intense bewilderments on my part you know where you know there's uh, you know, especially I think in the confronting those moments of of, of deep irony, um, you know, that that it's just it's it's difficult initially to to grapple with with this situation as a whole, um, and and it's only after you know many hours or many days or many months or many years that I'm I'm really able to articulate, you know, what what was happening or, you know, how how I'm thinking about it or or what was what was at, at stake in those moments. No, for sure. I mean I, I the, the 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 powerful effect that you create is the sense of of you thinking through it. You, you, you know, uh, texts that I really love are ones where it's that sense of exploration and discovery are recreated. And, and, and the way the book is structured, and I'd like to talk about the text itself because I think it, it does this very successfully. You know, the, the method and form used to investigate and curate the documents are, are vital to how the book uh, unfolds. You know, on the one hand, the book feels kind of create creatively spontaneous, almost collage-like, a kind of freshness. Uh, yet I, I do want to say how, how meticulously the vulnerability is mapped and structured. The text itself seems, seems to be thinking and reevaluating. Um, I wonder if you could talk about how you manage the various texts and visuals into the narrative you present, because there's, you know, there's a lot of material, um, everything from the presentations you gave to the concrete poems, your father's visual art. Uh, what was the process for you in putting together the book, this particular one? Because you do borrow from from your earlier collections too. But how did this that yeah. change? Yeah, you know, I think um, you know, I, I I think it it kind of came together in a few different ways. Um, so, you know, at you know, at the out outset of you know this this interview, I kind of talked a bit about you know this this work being a lifelong project, and and you know I've I think you know it's it's a book that I've you know kind of been thinking about and trying to you know structure in my mind you know yeah. for years and years and years, um, and you know nothing really ever materialized and you know i couldn't really figure out how to do it or where to start um and you know the the like this this tech like it this this book really kind of began to to have a shape and you know have a structure when i you know when i encountered those um 
archival documents again and, and really started like looking through them seriously to try and figure out, you know, how to proceed forward with this book. Um, so the very first draft was was just all of like was just all of these transcriptions of of documents um, that uh, that my mom had given me, um, including. Um, including like a number of um, of of documents that uh, were you know part of where I, well there was some like official affidavits that I transcribed there was a few uh, brochures that I transcribed you know there's a few handwritten notes that I that I, I looked at mm-hmm. um, and it was that initial it was that initial process that I think really kind of started to to give the book a shape, and and that shape was encountering in, encountering a thing, and looking and then moving forward to look at another thing that may or may not have been directly connected to the previous thing, um, and that's that's kind of how I started thinking through the book. Um, so I started thinking about you know okay I've got this you know, official affidavit, you know, that's, you know, speaks to um, some particular things, you know, in my past that, you know, I, you know, didn't feel like I could re-articulate or rewrite in any other way besides, you know, presenting the original document as best I could. And, you know, putting that alongside, you know, a piece of concrete, poetry and putting that along that piece of concrete poetry alongside uh, an excerpt of a talk I'd given and and so the the book kind of started to unfold that way you know in uh, in this way that's you know kind of collage like you know as you say but um, you know I think it's I, I think it also uh, un- unfolds in this way that's that's very demanding of the reader in a particular way where the the reader is confronted you know with this with with all of these different texts from different genres some of some of which are are written by me and some of which are just transcribed by me and so, and some of which you know are are designed by me in the right. case of like the concrete poetry you know <laughs> so like there's this constant kind of shifting of gears that happens between between each document um, and I, I think that's, I, th- I think that's a, a really productive place um, to be, you know, f- for the reader, mostly because that's the place I was as the writer, you know, who is just yeah. like constantly confronting these these new different documents that all kind of spoke to each other, you know, but not necessarily in direct ways. Um, so it's really like an invitation. To the reader to encounter things in a similar way that I did. Yeah, and I think you know, you know, there's parts where you know some some photographs, for example, or early on, you introduce your father's art, but you don't really, you know, for several pages, you don't know, you know, on your first read wh- whose art this is, where this is coming from, things like that. And I feel like it's it's reenacting that sort of central mystery uh, uh, that you were grappling with. Um, in that sense. And, and I, th- I think that there's a, there's a tension arises out of that, that, you know, parallels, um, 
the confusion that you were going through uh, trying to reconnect uh, or at least say define a sense of indigeneity um would you would you say that yeah 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 you know i think um i think there's there's definitely you know a kind of like initial sense of disorientation um that you know is you know addressed very slowly you know i think Mm -hmm. like throughout the book like you know there's you know there's you know, every, you know, but my hope, you know, in arranging it this way, you know, was that each piece was, you know, reveal something else, you know, some, some further, you know, path forward. And sometimes those paths, you know, maybe are divergent and sometimes they're, they're parallel or overlapping, you know, in in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think, I, I think there's, I, I think that's, um, I, I think you're right, you know, in, in saying that that's, that, you know, an initial pathway in, you know, perhaps, like, is a, is, is a good parallel, you know, for my, you know, my own early experiences of, of disorientation and trying to, to figure out, you know, where, where I was in position in in relation um to indigeneity right um and that that was you know um that was a thing that i i really struggled to think through for such a long time and and you know this this writing you know i think uh at at least you know and initially you know kind of reflects that in its structure yeah, I'm curious. Some of the, you know, some of the sections in the book are, are transcripts from academic presentations you gave. Um, that, but I'm curious about what you, you know, that they're kind of broken down into script-like sections, some longer, some shorter, uh, and accompanied with timed signatures. And and um, I don't know. I saw them almost as like stanzas. You know, the way that you, the thought processes are broken down in increments. I guess to encourage careful reflection. Was that at all your intention? Why did you decide to use that format for the the, the academic uh, talks? Yeah, I, um, I I guess I could. There, there's two answers really to that to that question, uh, and the the first answer is that when I when I originally I, I originally put the the talks into into the book. Um, with the intention of replacing them eventually with longer essays um, that address, you know, similar subject matter, um, at, or the the same subject matter in in some cases, and and I very quickly, you know, after after doing that initially, uh, realized that I just did not have the emotional capacity uh, to write those essays, and that I just kind of had to work with what I had. Um, so, you know, the, the talks are in there, you know, in part for, for that reason, you mm. know, because I'd, I'd already done them and they, they, I, I said things in those talks that, you know, I thought were really useful for the book. Um, and, and so I, you know, uh, and ended up, you know, 
leaving them in there um, because I, you know, couldn't couldn't do the other thing. Uh, the other reason, though, is that you know when, and it, maybe this it connects back to the to to a previous question too. Um, but when I was thinking about the structure and the form of the book, you know, which is about encountering these documents, encountering these these textual and visual objects on the page, it really made sense for me conceptually to um, to allow the reader to encounter the audio object, you know, okay. um, to to think about mm. uh, to think about this writing that happens or that's represented here um, it from those talks, you know, as being uh, as as being an audio object that uh, that existed in a particular time and place um, and. And that you know you're encou encountering that audio objects you know in a in a similar way that you encounter the you know a page of, of concrete poetry, um, right? So it, it's it's a thing that's you know kind of um, taken you know it, it has a particular you know form, um, and you know that's that's just what it is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and so. You know, I as I, I really did think think about this too, um, and especially you know because like when I like Nishka is also my uh, PhD dissertation, um, and one of the things that happens you know in that in that context was that you know I I brought this book in uh, and then you know, people would encounter those sections of the talks and they'd be like, oh, I'd really like you to expand on, you know, X section. And 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 then they would say, but I guess you, I guess you can't really, you know, uh, you know, expand on those sections because this is this is not like a an essay with all these moving pieces where you can just add in a sentence or two. This is like a an audio record of this particular moment in time. And I, I thought that was really um a you know both a strength and a and a weakness you know of 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 that approach you know in that uh it the the writing there you know a absolutely you know speaks to many of the things i wanted to speak to you know but it's also not writing that can change you know it's it's writing that um is is very specifically tied to the Trans Canada's conference in 2017 at right. the University of Toronto, for example. <laughs> hmm. um, well, I th I think you know I, I don't want to give uh, the uh, uh, the people who listen to this this uh, uh, the idea because they're not dry at all. They're not academic in that sense. I think they really add a powerful um, uh, explanation or 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 exploration into. Um, the themes of the book, um, and for, for me, when you when you add those time signatures, and particularly there's places where you enforce sort of pauses, you know, where you tick off a few seconds, totally. and and it really um, it, it's really powerful at times. Um, do you think you know the the book it, it rejects closure? I, I I feel like you know you've, you say you said certain <laughs> times that that there's no 
there's no way you can entirely come to terms with all the contradictions and and the struggle that you've you've had um, connecting. Um, and but the the book ends with a very powerful statement um, on the expectations you had uh, going into the book. And as you say, this book is um, you know the subject of the book are those circumstances. Um, do you think your work has changed um, having, you know, built up and, and finally written this book? Do you feel like not, not that you've reached closure, but it, that, that something has shifted that, that has, you know, changed in you? Yeah. You know, I think, I I think so. You know, I, it's, you know, one of the, one of the ways that I that I you know think think through this is that you know before before the book came out um, and you know I was like you know and as I was wait like before the book came out and as I was waiting for it to be public you know I mm-hmm. you know sometimes had this you know kind of like overwhelming feeling. Um, you know that uh, that you know this was this was this you know monumentally difficult thing personally for me to do, um, and that you know there was there was no feeling necessarily of catharsis that uh, that you know it had solved anything or would do anything, mm. um, and. And you know, I think that was I think that was, that was a difficult feeling to to struggle with. And you know, I think one that you know I, I do take seriously, just thinking about like thinking about the world, you know, and this and the state of the world, and you know what it is that what is that you know we as poets or, or writers, um, you know, what kind of what kind of impact we actually have or you know what our what our books do as opposed to you know uh, uh, other kinds of other kinds of actions that you know have maybe more direct results or or tangible results and you know i i, I so i had that feeling you know before before the book came out and um and you know then and I thought it was never going to go away, um, but you know, in the in this last year, you know, I, you know, my 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 daughter was born. Uh, she's my 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 first my first kid, and mm-hmm. and pr- probably my only kid. <laughs> uh, you know, because I I can't imagine a world where I could ever, you know, I could ba- barely handle her. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I can't imagine handling any any others. Uh, in addition to that, um, but that that was like a a really enormous life changing experience for me, and one that you know I think changed the way I thought about Nishka, um, and and specifically you know those like I, I started to think about you know those questions that I that you know really spurred on uh, really spurred on and catalyzed this project you know about what it means to be indigenous, but to be dispossessed from your home territory, from 
your indigenous languages, et cetera, and what it means to be an intergenerational survivor of residential schools. Um, and, you know, I think those are, those are questions that, you know, my, my daughter will, you know, have an easier time articulating, you know, in part because I've, I've done some of that work already, you know, mm. so she's already, you know, ahead of the game, so to speak. And, you know, of course, she'll have her own, her own questions, you know, questions that, you know, um, that, you know, will, will be, will be new to her and, you know, will be unfamiliar to me, you know, but I think they'll you know, ultimately come from, from this place, you know, uh, that, understands and reflects on you know these these questions that i've already attempted to confront um and I, and that to me seems enormously positive um and you know it's something that I, I i think about all the time you know now you know about this book and about that kind of question about catharsis or closure um and I, I guess the, the other the other way I think about it too is that you know like the the book very much rejects closure as you say yeah uh, and you know I I couldn't I couldn't agree with that more you know I think there was like very like um, you know it was is like in the editing stage of this book um, you know there is like this one like this one, you know, very small moment, you know, where where one of like one of the editors, you know, asked for 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 more at the ends, like, and you know, and and I think, you know, I think they the word that they might have used at that moment was closure, um, and and in, in in particular, you know, they had these questions about like, you know, like about my grandparents and about my dad and about how things wrapped up. And, you know, I thought about that and I, I realized, you know, that was like, even if I didn't address, address all of those things, you know, I had to speak to it, you know, in, in some way, hmm. um, even if it was to say that, you know, the things that I sought out to do initially, you know, uh, were not accomplished in the same way that I imagined them to be. Um, but, you know, that's, that, you know, so, something had happened, you know, that I, I'd grappled with these questions and that, you know, I thought about them, um, but that ultimately, you know, I think, I, I think the, you know, part of the realization, you know, um, that, you know, kind of comes towards the end of the book, you know, is that there's kind of, you know, no escaping the colonial history of Canada. And, and there's, and, and there's, you know, not really any escaping, like, you know, this, this wake of violence that like ripples outwards for residential schools, like, yes, and continues you know, to, yeah, exactly. You know, I think, you know, like, like many people, you know, are, are, you know, being being we're, we're all being reminded of it you know mm -hmm. on what it feels like a daily basis um you know that there's you know violence is there that like still remain unresolved 
And I think, you know, there's a long pathway forward before before and or if there are any resolutions, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I think about this in part um, in relation to just some of the stuff that happened with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, where, you know, it seemed like overwhelmingly like non-Indigenous peoples, you know, have kind of been like obsessed with the, the concept of reconciliation, but not so much obsessed with the concept of mm. truth. And truth, right. I think, you know, is, is the first part and probably the more important part, <laughs> <laughs> you know, of, of, that, of that whole thing. And I think we're still struggling, you know, with, with bringing the truth forward. Um, which is, you know, I think an increasingly difficult thing to do in this era of fake news as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I guess that's a long, long answer to your to your questions about, about closure. But, you know, it's, it's an ongoing struggle. <laughs> well, you know, how like, I think, you know, the life changing part of it is, I think, and you say this in your book that that, you know, one of the reasons why you wanted to write this was because you didn't have this book when you were a teenager or younger uh, and you wanted to address some of these things. And I, I do think like in the context of the next generation and this one, um, you know, you have, you, you've, you've very honestly uh, and, and in a very accessible way presented your own struggles and, you know, the, the paradoxes and, and difficulties of that. And, you know, that, those, that list at near the end of, of, you know, your sort of expectations of where you thought the book was going to go, they're very powerful in themselves, even if they're, they're left unanswered or unresolved. Um, and, um, you know, uh, I just, I would strongly encourage everyone to read this, this really stunning book. Um, we should probably wrap up. Jordan, th <laughs> thanks for, for sharing your time and, and, and trust in talking to me today. It's totally, been really interesting. Totally. Th thank you so much, David, for your awesome, insightful questions. I, I really appreciate this too. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, please uh, uh, go out and get Jordan's book, Nishka. It's, it's finally now available after a bit of delay with the, uh, with the pandemic. Uh, it's a powerful and deeply thought-provoking read that everyone should engage with. Uh, thanks again, Jordan. That was David O'Mara in conversation with Griffin Prize winner Jordan Abel about his remarkable book, Nishka. As always, I want to thank you for listening and for supporting authors and booksellers through these difficult times. The only thing better than buying a great book is buying one from a great independent bookseller. If you enjoy the podcast or any of our virtual programming, please consider making a charitable donation and take a moment to rate and review it in your podcasting app. I'm told that helps spread the word. I want to thank the Ottawa Public Library, the Government of Canada, the Government of Ontario, the City of Ottawa, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, Carleton University, and CBC for their ongoing support. This podcast is produced by Aaron Flynn, original music and sound engineering by Mike Dubé, Kira Harris is our program director, and I'm your host, Sean Wilson. Thank you for listening. <laughs>